it's like, yeah, you live in your body. The doctor doesn't live in your body. The doctor only will know what you will tell them and what you have figured out. So you can't be scared of the doctor and you have to feel the pride of ownership because it's your body. Hi everyone and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where, you know, we're determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. Now, every episode, I bring on amazing guests with a wealth of information, and this episode is no different. But as you start to listen to our conversation, here's my challenge to you. Have you had an issue with gaslighting where you felt like your concerns were not addressed or you simply didn't get the answers you were seeking? Or were you told that your lab values are normal, you're just getting old, or the worst, because I was told this, it's all in your head. Well, we're here to change that, to equip you to be more proactive, and at the end of the day, be the ultimate advocate for your own health. So joining me on that journey and crusade at this point is Dr. Erica Schwartz. I am so honored to bring her on the show. You guys have met Dr. Erica before, and she's incredible. She's actually the founder of Evolve Science, the global pioneer of longevity medicine and hormone replacement therapies. She has been doing this work for so long. You could tell your story, Dr. Erica, in just a second, in just a second. But her focus is on treating patients as a whole person. And she began that journey over 30 years ago, understanding that hormones are often at the root of that conversation. Bioidentical hormones is really where she began to practice and really work on hormone replacement. And it's ironic because today everyone's talking about hormones and hormone replacement therapy. And Dr. Erica, I think you know my latest book, The Hormone Shift, is on this topic as well. And now it is a trend and it's buzzing, but you were there over 30 years ago. So I couldn't be more honored to bring on to the show, Dr. Erica Schwartz. Thank you for joining us. Let's jump in. Talk to us a little bit about your journey in this space of longevity medicine, hormone replacement therapy, and what you're really passionate about today. What are we missing the mark on in 30 years of practice? I'm at your halfway point. I'm at 15 years of practice. You've got a 15 year lead on me. So, you know, I have a lot of thoughts and opinions on what we're getting right and what we're getting wrong. I'm so curious as someone who's further ahead in the field, what your thoughts and uh, impressions are. You're amazing. Well, it's my honor. And I was telling you, we were talking before about how when they told me that, you know, you wanted to have me on your podcast, I was so thrilled because I remember meeting you and it's such an honor to be on your show. It's just like your podcast is like, you're amazing. So you're like, to me, you're what the future needs to be. Oh, thank you. I've got chills. Thank you so much. That's so, so, so kind. Thank telling you. each other that. But I think mm-hmm. women have to support each other. So yes, yes. Absolutely. Um, yes. It, it's, it's just, you know what? I keep on saying, and it's funny, but it's the truth. It's like, I'm so happy 
that I lived to see the change. Yes. <laughs> because, yes. right? Because yeah. my first book on hormones, The Hormone Solution, came out in April of 2002 when with the Women's Health Initiative went bust in July of 2002. And everybody thought hormones was were like horrible. And right. I just kind of stood my ground and a lot of people thought I was crazy. Uh, but it turns out I wasn't and hormones are very important. And now, you know, it's so funny. Now I'm getting people from, you know, the America, the endocrine society, the European endocrine society. And, you know, we have, a, you know, all these societies that were so anti-hormones that now want me to write about it, to, to talk about the importance of hormones at all ages and how women are not disposable when they go into menopause. And I feel like, you know, there was a long time and women seemed to be disposable because they're no longer sexually like, you know, fertile and they're, you know, and that was such a horrible thing. And women accepted it because they didn't know any better. Um, and I remember, and I'm sure you remember, because it didn't change yeah, in 15 years, that in medical school, we go to medical school and you have one page on menopause. It's, it's, and it hasn't changed now, nope. you know, even the young ones coming out now and, and working, you know, nothing's changed. There's right. not, there's still the class. I'm sure it may, if it's making my skin crawl, I know it's making your skin crawl. There's the classic line of, we don't need to check your hormones. It's not going to give us any information right. or hormone replacement therapy is bad. You don't need it. It's dangerous. That is still the mantra in the exam room in about 80% of practices today. And this is the information women are walking out with and feeling completely gaslit. Now, it's interesting you mentioned your book, 2002. My health journey, my health started to tank from probably about 2000 to about 2006. And your book was in sort of this like army of literature I was reading at the time and trying to get certifications and all this other stuff. So I remember reading your book and I think it was a part of like, Hey, I need help. I need, I need hormones. And I went on at some point, I don't remember the exact timing, but I went on bioidentical progesterone and it was a game changer after being told for four or five years that I, it's all in my head. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I'm working the ER. I'm stressed. Like all these other lines that I've been told as a young woman, I was 28 years old, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that fundamental undercurrent has, unfortunately, I still don't think has changed. I still meet I patients in the exam room every day. And it's still this sense of dismissal, sense of not being able to get their whole health put together, right? It's a fragment here and a fragment there. And then in the landscape of today, where the change is happening, I still feel like the change is like, what's the, it's like a toddler, you know, like, it's like, stumbling and falling and getting up again and stumbling and falling because what people are doing is they're trying to monetize the change in a very sexy way. Like, oh, we just do menopause. We just do fertility. We just do hair loss. We just do this. And we still don't take responsibility for the whole patient. You know, like what about the fact that all those things are connected, you know? So whether you're 13 or 80, all of that stuff is interconnected, you know? So for me, that's like the rub, like, okay, yes, we have a lot of information. 
yes, we have more awareness than we did 30 years ago, 15 years ago, but we are still not systematically approaching it in a universal way, you know? So that's sort of my perception. I don't know if you feel the same way. I shouldn't be talking. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's You're so, so funny. It's just saying so much the truth and it's unbelievable, you know? And I was telling you before about how, you know, all of a sudden, some are starting to get it, but I'm still getting it. And, you know, we're both in New York and, you know, we hear it all the time. I still have patients coming in. I mean, you know, they come from all over the world because they yeah, think yeah. that they're not going to get it anywhere else, but they'll come back and they'll say, oh, my doctor said that estrogen is going to cause cancer. And I'm like, mm -hmm. based on what? Based right. on what? There's no science. And you know what's so bad? And that's why I wrote that book, Don't Let Your Doctor Kill You. And, you know, everybody loved because it was like you know, a yeah. catchy title. But the truth is, it is true that unless you own, take the responsibility for it, they will kill you. And it's yeah. not because they want to kill you, because I think that everybody goes into medicine with- For good reasons. Yeah, with good desire to be- you know, helpful and they want to help people. But then what happens is through medical school, and I gave this uh, white coat ceremony address. I was on the board of downstate and they asked me to give the white coat ceremony address and I couldn't figure out what am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? Yeah. I said, you know what? How about when you come in and see the patient, you say, how are you feeling? It's not about your bloods. It's not about anything else. How are you feeling? Absolutely. And you know what? And it took people aback. They'd be like, oh, how am I feeling? It's like, yeah, you live in your body. The doctor doesn't live in your body. The doctor only will know what you will tell them and what you have figured out. So you can't be scared of the doctor and you have to feel the pride of ownership because it's your body. And it was, you know, it, you know, I got four years later. So this was five years ago. Yeah. Four years later, I got a, an email. Actually, it was a handwritten letter, which was even worse. Like, you never get that, right? From somebody who was in the audience, a woman, of course. I love it. And she said, on that day, you changed the way I look at being a doctor and it helped. Oh, wow. And it has changed and made me, I think, a better doctor. And you know what? Helping one, to me, is good enough. And I think what you do is helping hundreds of thousands. And me trying now to do that, coming back out and doing this, is I think we need to spread the word. We need Absolutely. to spread the word because you can do so much better. There's no reason for us to be sick. There's no reason for us to suffer the way we do and become victims of a system that was created to control us, not to help us. So true. Now, we both know that this is an issue. If you're a patient or a listener or a viewer, what are some practical, very tactical things that they could do to begin this process of owning their own body, having that conversation with their doctor and making it 
a successful experience, right? Rather than one filled with sort of like this tension and scared to say something and then bouncing around to 50 other doctors. You know, what what is it that a patient can do to on the front end of a visit and maybe even on the back end, we can go in both directions. What is it that a patient could do to take some ownership and responsibility and to drive the the journey, their health journey in a particular way? That's a very, very important and really loaded question. You yes, know that. I know. Really, That's why I asked it. <laughs> really loaded question. And, yes. Uh, Take it in any direction you want it to. So. And also, you know, having, I was telling you how I'm now, you know, on faculty at the American Academy mm-hmm. of Anti-Aging Medicine, and I do their podcast, Redefining Medicine, and I learned how to do interviews. And yeah. I always start by saying to the person I interview, and it's always somebody who just got off the main stage, and some mm-hmm. of them are amazing, amazing. Right. And, you know, right. I always say, listen, I'm here to make you look good. I don't want to harm you. I don't want you to feel defensive. I want you to share your information from the heart because then it'll help If unless you're sitting there defending yourself. So I think, you know, you could start from, let's start from the, you know, this is like the a weird thing. I just thought about it as you were asking, as you were talking about it. I think maybe you start with knowing and knowing it in your heart of hearts that if this is the wrong person, you can just walk away. Mm, I love that. Right? That you're free. That you can say, you know what? We're not on the same page. I mean, how come we stay in bad relationships? We don't need to stay in bad relationships. And we're trying so hard to teach people to not stay in bad relationships, right? It's like the same thing with the doctors. You don't Mm -hmm. need, right? You don't need to stay in a bad relationship. So if the doctor will say like what you said, your bloods are normal, come back in six months. Um, your x-rays are normal. It's all in your head, like what you said. Right. It's so right. offensive that it stops you and you think, oh, I'm crazy on one hand, or you think mm-hmm. that's horrible. I'm not crazy, right? But you don't know, and it's a moment in which you could go either way. So I think that if you know that it's just like any other relationship, if it works, it'll work. And you'll listen to them, and you hear what they have to say. But if they're not on your page, if they don't respect you, if they don't care about you, if they're not coming from a place of, I want to make it better for you, with you. I want to be partners with you. You know, you can walk. And people don't know they can walk. They're afraid. Yeah. They're afraid their yeah. insurance is not going to cover. They're afraid they're not going to find somebody else. They're afraid they're not pleasing the doctor enough. And you know what? If we can eliminate that piece, say, That's you huge. know what? Right. It's not going to work. We'll move on. So, yeah. So that was one thing that brought to mind when you were saying. I like that. Yeah. Right. One of the things. The other thing that that I was thinking is, you know how people have been taught for years, write notes, like write for yourself. Right. You mm-hmm. have many questions. Make sure they get answered. Nobody hears it. 
when you're sitting in front of the doctor, they'll scare the living daylights out of you because in medical school, they don't teach us to communicate. They don't teach us to be kind. They don't teach us to care. They teach us to know what the protocol is and what's going on. As far as Ingo. the cellular level or the whatever level, but they don't teach us how to be kind. They don't yeah. teach us to talk to each other like you and I are talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a really important thing. That you- I think that's huge. And I've got to tell you the story, yeah. you know, I'll probably bore everybody listening, but bore me. I have, I have young doctors, right. That work for me. And, um, sure. you know, we were having an incident or two where brilliant, smart, but couldn't connect to the patient. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a lot of tension and the managers were getting involved and in all this other stuff. So I went to her and I was like, look, you know, I don't think you guys are trained for any of this in medical school. This is an art doctors used to be the spiritual leaders and sort of the the notable leaders of the community and we've gotten away from that we're sort of these like almost like factory workers in a sense and i go the the reason the practice has been successful the reason patients are running to this type of medicine is because of the relationship and so let me show you how to create relationship and i literally physically demonstrated to her we sit We pull the chair close to the patient. We say, I'm here to be your advocate. I'm here to be your ally. You know, you may have certain perceptions of the way you want things done. My responsibility is to hear that, but also to guide you in a way that is safe, but effective amongst all the different options that are out there. And it's looking them in the eye and talking to them with kindness and empathy versus standing and wagging your finger, right? And having the sense of like, I'm taking over, I'm the boss, I, you know, what I say is right. And she was like, no one's ever told me that before. She goes, no one's ever demonstrated that before. No one's ever told me that. She was, she was, she was about to cry. She's like, I'm so grateful. I'm like, you're going to be a great doctor. (laughs) She heard you. you. Right. Because she heard you. You're so right. Nobody teaches you. So I, I'll tell you another story that's very similar to this that happened to me. So I was teaching a downstate where yeah. I was on the board of, and I, th- I was teaching internal medicine. So it was six weeks or eight weeks, something like that. And then at the end of it, you know, they give you an evaluation. So I had like six students and I got an evaluation. And my evaluations were always really nice. I was very pleased but you know, when they're nice, you get too pleased and you get too complacent. So right. one right. of them, <laughs> so one of them <laughs> writes to me and said, Oh, because they had a question that said, Would you want to be the kind of doctor that this you know instructor that has been teaching you is? And her answer mm-hmm. and his answer, her answer, I don't know if it was a he or she said, No. So I was like, whoa, stop me. What happened? I was like, whoa, let me, there's something here. So it woke me up for sure from my like la la land, right? So so it said, no. So then it says, explain. Thank God. Because otherwise I would have had a heart attack and thought, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm such a failure, right? And Mm -hmm. I tell you what, 
this person said. She's too nice. And she's so nice, she's too nice, and the patients are not going to listen to her because she's too Interesting. Do you think that's true? No. I don't think that's true. I think, it's I think you want, no. It's, but you know what? There's when a, I was watching you before, yeah. and I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. When I was yeah. watching you before at something you had spoken at, and I was thinking, you are so kind and so loving. And what comes through is that part of you. And that's what makes you a great doctor. And that's why I would listen to you. It's because mm. you care. Ah, why am I getting teary eyed? Oh my goodness. But Thank it's you. True. It's so true. I'm not saying it because I have anything else. Right. I don't have anything to gain right. out of it, but it's like, you're so gentle and it's your gentleness that makes you hurt. It makes you communicate and connect. This person didn't want to be like me because I was spending too much time communicating mm. and connecting. But the truth is, in five minutes, you can connect with someone. It's not so like, true. It's not like, you know, when you say, oh, we only have three minutes if you're taking insurance, which we don't. <laughs> anyway, you know, right, all right. these things. The truth is that, you know, in five minutes, you can connect with a person and give them so much more information that would give them such strength and such ability to take care of themselves so much better than if you just walk in, don't even look at them. You know, the EMR has really destroyed us even more. Yes. You know, that yes, you're sitting yeah. there and you're looking at it yeah. and you're never looking at the patient. Yeah. I never write yeah. anything. I just talk to the patient. Yeah. I, I, you're, you and I are the same. I, Actually, they make fun of me because I take paper in right. and then upload it to the EMR because I need to be like focused when sure. I'm speaking to the patient, you know, so, right. um, but, you know, for the patient, you know, let's go back to our listeners and our viewers, you right. know, as they're trying to navigate this. I love what you said, though, because you can connect in five minutes. It is true. You can sense the energy in the room. Right. You can sense the flow of the conversation and not everybody. And I think this is for the patient. I'm sure you agree. Not everyone has to have all the answers. There have been many times that someone sat in front of me and I don't have all the answers to be a hundred percent, but because I care about the patient, I'm super motivated to figure it out. I'm like, let's figure the answers out. Let's see if we can, you know, solve it together. And sure enough, like we figure it out. So so for the patient, I hear a lot of like, well, they went to the school and they have all these pedigrees and they have this and they have that. That's all great. But if you can't connect to the person you're speaking to, a lot of that at the end of the day just is, is noise. You, know, it's you can't not, help them. Right? You can't help them. You can't right. get to where you need to get to. Exactly. What other tips do you have hmm. for patients hmm. as you talk about advocating for yourself? I think that what you said, which was very important, you know, the blood tests mean nothing in a vacuum. In an ER, in an ICU, by all means, sure, we judge yeah. everything by the numbers. But when you're talking to a human being across from you who's healthy, 
who has whatever complaint that really is not an urgent, emergent problem. The bloods mean nothing. And you know, now with the big thing, you know, there used to be CAT scans, total body CAT scans, now total mm -hmm. body MRIs. And you know, yeah. and I, because I teach there, you know, I do a lot of educational thing about the importance of getting all, you know, genetic testing, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, if I look back, I think that the only thing that matters is how your doctor helps you interpret things and how the two of you, with such respect for the patient, figure out, am I going to use this information or am I going to discard it or file it somewhere away? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really where we have, like I was interviewing one of the top people in this area who's, you know, who's very big on doing a lot of testing and they're doing yeah. spectacular, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that the problem that they would come to me, the patient would come to me with would be, what do I do with the results of all these tests? Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And my answer would be, let's see where in the puzzle of your life do the results fit in, if they do. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you don't get stuck in the detail of a particular test, you're going to do better. You're going to make better decisions. Because people yes. make, right? Because these people make, people make decisions based on one test. And I say things like, just because whatever showed up on, I mean, unless you have a broken something or right. something, right, right. tumor or something really serious there, right? If you find a spot or something like that, that doesn't mean that the pain you have is connected to that finding. So it makes a lot more sense to step back and give the body the time to either fix it or tell you what it's about. And as you know, the human body is such a beautiful thing. That is powerful. I hope you guys all caught and heard that. Can you say it again? <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember what you said? I always forget what I say. So I don't know if you can say it again, but I think we need to like, you know, if we had any other, that was too powerful. If you could say it again for everyone, you guys, if you're wherever you are watching, driving, whatever you're doing, please listen, because there is wisdom in the body that we have to pay attention to. So please, uh, Dr. Erica, go for it. Oh my God, Dr. Erica, please. Um, this is setting me up for failure, really. No, no, it's not. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, it's that, you know, the, another way to say it is like, you know, everything is like part of a puzzle, right? And we, it took us forever to figure it out, which took I've been doing it for 30 years, right? That everything is a piece of the puzzle. The more pieces of the puzzles you, of the puzzle you put together, the more likely you are to see what the puzzle looks like, what, what it looks like, what the picture looks like. So these tests, 
whether it's an x-ray or an MRI or bloods or whatever, are pieces of the puzzle. Well, the pieces of the puzzle either fit into the puzzle or they don't. And if they don't, you don't need to do anything about it. You could just step back and let your body tell you what's going on. And because your body will tell you, your body's a beautiful thing. And <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I think, you know, I started the episode saying, I want you guys to have tools to walk away with so that you could be your own advocate so that you're not sort of a victim of gaslighting. You know, today we've talked about some of the reasons why and what's happening with medical education and why some of that happens. But of all the things we've talked about, just understanding that simple, I would almost call it, you know, rule of law, that the body has its own wisdom. The body has its own voice. It's communicating with us. We just kind of have to listen. And all of us, whether it's me or Dr. Erica or anybody else, we're just kind of like guides. We're vessels. Right. And we're helping that communication flow between you and your body. That's really our purpose. And so trust yourself right? Yes. Trust yourself, believe in yourself because your intuition, your sense of what's going on with you is probably right. And I think that the obsession of like, what's this number right. and where does this go? And, you know, which of these do I take while it is relevant is not the end all and the be all, you know, for sure. And if exactly. we can't leave you with any other advice, that's probably the most powerful advice to take away from this episode, for sure. Oh so, so incredible. I could talk to you all day long. You You're incredible. Well. <laughs> 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 yesterday I spoke to actually, it was exactly uh -huh. what you just said. It was like, she wanted me to explain every result of every test yep. and i explained it and there are doctors who focus on only that and then everything i said the caveat was how does it fit in the bigger picture what yep. are we looking for in this picture what matters the most i love it i hope all of you heard it i hope all of you feel it and that you take that with you as you embark on your health journeys, wherever they lead you. And Dr. Erica, thank you so much for taking time out to join me today. If anyone listening to this episode wants to connect with you or your platform, what's the best way for them to do that? It's um, ES Health is the website. Uh, we're on Instagram, we're everywhere. <laughs> we're on every awesome. medium. And um the book that you were, were discussing is called Don't Let Your Doctor Kill You. <laughs> and it gives you, and it's not about the doctor killing you. It's about you being empowered by the information and not becoming victims. That's all it is. Love it. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. What a fun and great, important conversation. Thank you again for your time and for everybody else out there watching and listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness. I hope you'll pass it on, share it with your friends and your family so everyone really gets this message. Dr. Eric and I are trying to share it and change it with all the medical community, but we'll keep it going. So thank you and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.